Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. With all due respect, I reject your theory completely. But you know what? There needs to be some backlash to this. This would be disastrous. There really has to be a better way. And I think the biggest question here is, what the hell is going on? The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. Rue for present. Get in the race. Will he run? And now, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, here's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Today's broadcast brought to you by Century Foods. Today is Children's Fest Day at Summerfest. Arrive between noon and 3. Get in free for a day full of Children's Fest activities courtesy of Century Foods. Yes, it is a gorgeous day outside. 86 degrees, sun is shining, there is a nice breeze off the lake. It is incredibly comfortable. Come sit down and say hi. All right, this mayor of Madison, I I never thought I would say this, but the former hippy-dippy mayor of Madison, Paul Soglin, who lost in the last election, he's been replaced by this woman. Her name is uh, Satya Rhodes Conway. And I tell you, this lady is a piece of work. And she, she's somebody that might even make you wish that, that Paul Soglin was back as the mayor. This story just gets more and more bizarre. All right, last Saturday night in Madison, they have a big fireworks event. It, it's called Shake the Lake, all right? And it, it's around the Monona Terrace area and things like that. And thousands of people come down. It's like what happens down here on the 3rd of July, but on a smaller sort of scale. All right, what happened is... After the fireworks on Saturday night, around 10.30, there were gunshots fired, right? There was a shooting incident, and then what happened was it actually got kind of scary because people just started running. You know, people started fleeing, and whenever that happens and you've got thousands and thousands of people, there's always the risk that somebody's going to get trampled. A police officer was injured, not seriously, when he kind of fell off a concrete barrier, and it was it was a panic type of situation. They don't have a suspect, but they do have a handgun. Police say they believe the shooting occurred between people who know each other, and the incident is an ongoing investigation. The police say that they're being hampered in their investigation because the people that they're focusing on, they don't want to cooperate with this. So what that tells me is what you essentially had here is is probably a gang situation. That that That's kind of my guess. Two groups of people get into a fight, a verbal disagreement, somebody pulls out a gun and starts shooting. That is my guess as to what happened because the people that they think were responsible for this, nobody is cooperating. Okay, this happens. Into this wades this May, the mayor of Madison, Sacha Rhodes Conway, who uses this as an opportunity to criticize the Republicans in the legislature for what she describes as their failure to pass tougher gun laws in Madison. Let us take a moment to stop. And she's continuing to reiterate this, and she's getting her 15 minutes of fame. And here's one of my frustrations about the media in this state. Nobody asks her, when she goes off on this tirade, nobody asks her what specific law 
would you like to see implemented which would have stopped this particular shooting? And Mayor, please be specific, because here's the deal. Like I say, my guess is that the people involved in this, they're all gangbangers. That's going to be my guess. My guess is whoever was involved in this probably isn't legally able to possess a firearm in the first place. Under no circumstance is anybody able to shoot off a firearm in any case like this, much less shooting it off at people. And by the way, by the way, there, this area where these fireworks are, there's signs that are posted saying guns are not permitted. So obviously these restrictions that permitted, that prohibited guns, that didn't work. Obviously the fact that you're not allowed to carry concealed weapons unless you've got a permit, and I will bet you all the money in my wallet versus all the money in my producer Gru's wallet, and I think I probably got more since he never carries cash, I will bet dollars to donuts that the person who was involved in the shooting did not have a concealed carry permit and of course you're not allowed to commit crimes with guns and yet this woman this mayor of madison says well i i I think this is a reason we need the city to be able to regulate firearms more all right well how many more firearms regulations do you need ms mayor then how is that going to be effective? And again, look, I understand. It's a big deal. You don't want to have a shooting anywhere. I I get that. But these people that say, well, this is the evil Republicans in the legislature who, who aren't passing enough firearm restrictions, tell me what, given the fact that this incident probably violated half a dozen laws, if not more, plus ordinances, plus other sort of regulations, tell me what else you would have done to stop this. And I guess one of the frustrating things for me, again, is nobody in the media asks this question. Nobody stands up and says, well, what exactly do you want to do? And how would you tie that into what happened at the shooting at the Shake the Lake festival how would that have stopped it because i guarantee you if you would have asked that question it would have exposed this woman for again being what i will charitably describe as a piece of work all right 414-799-1620 that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line i will never ever ever purchase another nike product until two things happen number one they get rid of Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson. And number two, they change their corporate policy to stop becoming a slave of political correctness. I will explain and we will discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest, gorgeous day at the lakefront. This is Young the Giant playing this evening at the Uline Warehouse stage. So very glad to have you with us. A lot of stuff going on down here at Summerfest. Don't forget about the Summerfest Big Shot Contest presented by Gruber Law Offices every day at 345 at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone. The first 10 people to register have a chance at a half-court shot. The first person to make it receives a Summerfest prize pack, including two front-row wristbands for the Uline headliner that evening, a $75 Summerfest gift card, and a Gruber swag bag. As I said before the break, I swear, hand in the air, 
I will never, ever, ever spend another dime on Nike products. Not shoes, not shirts, not golf balls, not hats, nothing. Until they do two things. Number one, they drop Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson. And number two, management makes a commitment to stop with the foolish political correctness. If you have not heard this story, which is, of course, going viral, uh, Nike had already started producing a USA-themed sneaker. Right? The sneaker features a U.S. flag on the heel. And it's got, it's a U.S. flag, and it's got 13 white stars in a circle. It is commonly referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. It's actually, it looks pretty cool. These two shirts, the shoes look pretty cool. Now, here's the history. This, this flag design was created in the 1770s to represent the 13 original colonies. All right. There were many early versions of the American flag, but, but this, kind of happened to be the one that I, I think you know stuck at least initially. In the 1790s, stars and bars were added to reflect the addition of Vermont and Kentucky. U.S. flags designs then changed over the years as various states were admitted to the Union until we got to the 50 states in 1960. But, but this is, it's commonly referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. And actually, it's kind of a cool-looking shoe. Well, Nike has now made the decision that they are pulling this shoe off the market. Why are they doing this shoe that they created in celebration of the 4th of July um, holiday? Well, um, apparently Nike got a call from their spokesperson, Colin Kaepernick. Everybody knows Colin Kaepernick. And Kaepernick said, well, he was disturbed because he feels the Betsy Ross flag, which, by the way, is an element of history, is an offensive symbol. Why is the Betsy Ross flag an offensive symbol? Well, he said, well, you know, back in that era, back in the 1700s, you know, you had slavery in the United States. And this this has a connection to an era of slavery. So how dare we put a flag that is historically accurate? How dare we put a representation of that on our shoes? People are going to be offended. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Well, I'll tell you, there are at least some people offended, and I am one of them. I mean, I look, I understand that we live in a politically correct world, and I understand that we've got people like Colin Kaepernick and politically correct companies like Nike that, oh, well, we don't want to do anything that might be controversial. Well, I tell you, I think at some point in time there needs to be a bit of a backlash. I think Nike were cowards, cowards for pulling this shoe off the market. And will there be backlash? I don't know. But this was a cowardly move on their part. The flag, I don't know. I mean, the flag, it is an historically accurate representation, and a number of people wear shirts that have that flag on it. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is political correctness run amok. And you have a company that clearly is designed and concerned with trying to appease what I believe is a fringe element of society. Paul in Illinois. Paul, you're first on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Sure. You know, Nike lost me when they hired Kaepernick uh, because of the stuff that happened with the NFL and the protesting during the national anthem. They have now lost my son who's in college. You know... I went out and bought 
just a half hour ago a Betsy Ross flag that's now flying outside my house. Don't disrespect <laughs> really? It. Yeah, seriously. I, I, no, it's it, it, Paul. It's funny when I saw this story this morning. I actually went on Amazon and I was trying to see if I could get one of those Betsy Ross T-shirt flag T-shirts delivered in time for the Fourth of July, and unfortunately, I couldn't. But that's how irritated I was. I wanted to buy a T-shirt with this flag on it as my way of my small little way. And I understand I'm probably not Nike's target market, but it was my small little way of saying, you know, to heck with you, Nike. Well, they lost my son, who's in college now. I mean, you know, and uh, like I say, don't disrespect my country, the founding fathers, the patriots that died yeah. for this country. Don't disrespect my history. You know, right? Thanks, thanks for call. No, I appreciate. It. Thanks for call, Paul. And again, this isn't okay. I mean, I understand you can maybe make the argument. Well, should flags be on shoes and things like that? Okay, but that's a whole different conversation. This particular flag was removed. Because Colin Kaepernick, a Nike endorser, said, well, I, I'm, I'm upset with this, and some others might find this offensive. Meaning a handful of the usual suspects on the Internet that decide that they are going to be offended about just about everything, and Nike gives in to them. 414-799-1620, Lisa in Waukesha. Lisa, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Um, I just feel like Hi, Lisa. trying to abolish every form of history is this based on the emancipation and why don't we go back to the roman history where you cannot everything was built on slavery at one point in time whether you like it or not and well i mean it's i mean it's just tying white slavery you're looking at jews who are enslaved to build the pyramids i mean right well i guess what 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 drives me crazy about this though lisa yeah i mean it's it's just limiting it's Lisa, thanks a lot for the call. It's it's just it's it's linking a part of American history and saying that now we should be offended because okay, th- this flag represents it comes from the 1770s and it represents a time when America allowed slavery in certain contexts. Oh, okay, well, look, I, I understand that's a bad thing. I, I get it, but at the same time, that, that's. That is a representation. That flag, it's not like this is a Confederate flag. This flag doesn't stand for slavery. It is the flag that represents the the first 13 states in the United States. That's the historical significance of it. And Colin Kaepernick, who made a ton of money playing football, who's now decided that he is going to be the cultural spokesperson, okay, fine, Nike doesn't want to upset him. I understand maybe guys like me are not Nike's target audience and maybe this will be embraced because like i say since they've used colin kaepernick as a spokesperson um actually um you know they have posted higher sales so maybe they don't care if they are turning their backs on a large segment of american society but but still all right they're going to lose my business 414-799-1620 that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Tell you what, let me take a very quick break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. That's Chaka Khan performing 945 this evening on the, the BMO Harris Pavilion. Be sure to check them out. They always do a great job. It's 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 one of those things. I had I just 
I was sitting here. I had the Summerfest pamphlet in my hand. I have not moved, and I have lost my Summerfest pamphlet. But anyway, Chaka Khan performing tonight at 9.45, BMO Harris Stage. Uh, the, the headliner is Lionel Richie. I'm coming back down to Summerfest. A number of people I know are going to go see Lionel Richie, and we're going to go see Lionel Richie as well tonight at the BMO Harris Pavilion. All right. I, I have two heroes. First of all, before we move away from the subject of Colin Kaepernick, um, as I said, and I just sent this out on a tweet, if you want to see what the shoes look like, you can follow me. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. I, I sent a link to the story, and you can see what, what these shoes are. But but here's – this is fine. Nike gets to do what they want to do. And if Nike wants to worship at the temple of Colin Kaepernick, it has the right to do it. But – you know, I have a right to say I'm not going to spend another dime on Nike products as long as they're they're doing that. Well, here's something else that people have the right to do. The Arizona governor, his name is Doug Ducey. He's the he's a Republican. He's the former president, uh, CEO of Cold Creek Cold Stone Creamery. Remember the the ice cream um, place, All right? Well, he has announced this morning that Arizona, he is rescinding financial incentives that were recently offered to Nike to build a $185 million plant in in the state. Here's the deal. Apparently, um, in an effort to get Nike to come to, you know, Arizona, suburb of Phoenix. The city agreed to waive nearly a million dollars in plan review and permit fees. They agreed to reimburse Nike another million dollars for jobs created. Um, the governor says, look, here, here's the deal. He thinks that this is a shameful retreat. That is, deciding not to sell the shoes. He said American businesses should be proud of our country's history, not abandoning it. And he said that he had now ordered the Arizona Commerce Authority to withdraw all financial incentive dollars under their discretion that the state was providing for the company to locate here. So in other words, look, if, if you want to decide to be... A company that's overrun by the folks, the politically correct and the perpetually offended, that's fine. But uh, don't ask us for tax dollars to support that. So got to give them a lot of credit. That is the Arizona governor, and that's the immediate, uh, immediate first blow level of blowback. All right, my second hero, and this is where I want to launch into the conversation. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. He says he'd rather go to jail than take down his flag. Well, I don't think he should go to jail, but I think the Common Council should be voted out. Here is the deal. This is the latest development in the Statesville, North Carolina camping world controversy. You, you, might, have, you might remember this. Camping world, and there's a camping world um, outside of Sockville. Right off of I-43. If you drive by Camping World, you see a giant American flag. It's like 40 by 80. It might be the largest flag on display in this area. Um, Acuity Insurance has another big one that's further north. But it's a giant flag. All right. Camping World, you know, which is a a chain. They're all across the country. That is one of their signature things. They fly big American flags. Part of the reason they do it is because their CEO really loves to fly the American flags. Is an incredibly patriotic guy. His name is Marcus Lemonis. All right, Marcus Lemonis. So, Statesville, North Carolina, you've got a, a camping world, the RV dealership. They've got this giant flag. It's out by the interstate. It's 40 by 80. The community has an ordinance 
which says no flags over like 25 by 40. So a couple of the folks on the city council decide, well, we're going to go at it. This flag is in violation. We're going to order him taken down. We're going to start fining him. We're going to go to court and try to get an injunction forcing him to take it down. All right, after this goes public, what ends up happening is the... The planning commission takes a look at this and they say, you know, there's no reason why somebody shouldn't be able to fly a 40 by 80 flag. It's not creating a traffic hazard. So they propose this new rule, which would say, okay, you've got to make sure the flagpole can handle the 40 by 80 flag. But otherwise, we don't have a problem with it. It goes to the city council. And a week and a half ago, the city council, by a vote of five to three, rejects a change in ordinance. ordinance. And they say, nope, we demand that this American flag be taken down. Well, the Camping World CEO, he's now being fined $500 per day, and he's potentially potentially looking at some jail time if they're able to get an injunction and if they're able to, again, have a judge say, you either take it down or we're going to hold you in contempt. Guy goes on TV yesterday and he says, listen, he said, I I admit I am violating this ordinance. But you know what? When veterans show up at the stores for flag raisings and when they come on Saturdays and do their veterans ride, they weep at the bottom of the flagpole. That's the conviction that I need to say it's just not going to come down. I would rather go to jail. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This guy has now drawn the line in the sand. And he said, I'm not taking down this American flag. I think I should have an absolute right to fly it. It is not creating a problem. The problem is with the five pinheads on the city council who are refusing to change the ordinance. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This CEO, <clears throat> i got to tell you, he's one of my new heroes. He's one of my absolute new heroes for simply saying, look, I'm not going to give in to stupid regulations. I want to fly an oversized American flag. It is not creating problems. I support this guy 100%. And I think maybe the answer isn't him taking down the flag. It's the voters in this community getting together and tossing out the five people who don't want to let him fly the flag. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's against the law. No question. It's in violation of the ordinance. Should he take down the flag? I mean, after all... Rules are rules. 414-799-1620. We discuss in a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is Chaka Khan, again, performing at the BMO Harris Pavilion tonight at Summerfest. It is a gorgeous day. My thermometer here says 81 degrees outside. There is a nice breeze off the lake the sun is shining this is again what we would describe as a chamber of commerce day so come on down enjoy it oh and by the way um it's it's kids day so people get in free between noon and three so come on down and hang around till the evening 414-799-1620 that is the accurate mortgage talk and text line now look typically I am a guy who, I'm a law and order type of guy. I, I understand that. I think you have a duty, as a general rule, to comply with, with laws. And you have a duty to comply with rules. But every once in a while, 
you get a stupid rule that is implemented by pig-headed politicians. And and occasionally, as long as you're willing to accept the consequences, I, I think it's tremendous. And that's what's going on now. The Camping World CEO says, yes, okay, I am flying a 40-by-80-foot flag over my RV dealership in Statesville, North Carolina. I fly these large flags over dealerships all over the country. Everybody agrees that this oversized American flag is not creating a traffic hazard. We're enjoying it. People come out. Veterans come out to enjoy this. The community, the Common Council, rejecting the recommendation of the Plan Commission to allow this guy to do it because they said, hey, there's no reason not to have this giant flag out there, have nevertheless dug in their heels and they've said, all right, we are not going to change this ordinance, to which the Camping World CEO is saying, I'd rather go to jail. I, I And I'm going to continue to fly it. 414-799-1620. He is one of my new heroes. Um, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm in 100. Here's some text. I'm in 100% agreement with the gentleman. Maybe the people of that board should go out and fight for our country. If he goes to jail, I will join him. That's Marsha in Brandon. Well, hopefully it's not going to come to that. 414-799-1620. I'm familiar with the community. And that's quite a patriotic population and near the roots of NASCAR. So I can't imagine why city officials are so moronic. Kudos to the Camping World CEO. I hope he puts up a flag as big as the one by Acuity Corporation on I-43 near Sheboygan. And, and again, I, I understand that there is a reason that you have rules that say, all right, we, we don't want banners and stuff over a certain size. All right? First of all, this is the American flag. And secondly... Everybody agrees that the location of this particular flag is not causing, it's not a safety hazard, it's not a distraction. There's no problem with this at all, except obviously you have at least five members of the city council who have decided this Camping World CEO has embarrassed us. We are the laughing stock of the country by not adjusting our ordinance to allow them to fly the flag. So their response is, instead of simply saying, hey, you know, we were wrong, we, we appreciate that this particular circumstance, we're going to let you fly the bigger flag. Instead of doing that, their reaction, and how often do you see this from bureaucrats and elected officials, particularly at the, this kind of small level like this, you know they're getting a lot of heat. But instead of doing the right thing, they just dig in their heads and say, nope, we're not going to make any sort of changes. We're not going to be showed up by this guy. And they just make the situation worse. Text, Jeff, I support this guy 100%. Stick to what's right. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. And look, and I understand that you've got rules. I appreciate that he's out there saying, okay, well, I, I'm in a situation where I, I know I'm violating the rule. But you know what? This is a dumb rule. And in this particular case... It's the American flag. I am willing to accept all the consequences. And so, like I say, this is another one of my heroes today as we move into the 4th of July. When we come back, well, lots of stuff on this afternoon's program, including how soon is too soon. Stick around. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, broadcasting live from Summerfest. I would tell you, not only is the weather great down here, but one of the really, really, in my opinion, smart decisions that Summerfest made 
It's about 10 years now. It's back in 2010. Is they closed on Monday, the, the Monday of Summerfest, and they opened a day earlier. It used to be Summerfest, like the State Fair, would run Thursday through a, a week from that first Sunday. And what they looked at is they said, okay, the Mondays tend, number one, to be the lower attended stay. So it was a good business decision because they said, look, by opening on a Wednesday, we're going to get more people than we would have gotten on that following Monday. And I think that's something that, that's, that's made a lot of sense. Secondly, by taking off on Monday, they give everybody a chance to take a, a deep breath and kind of say, Let, let's just relax for a minute, because it's very, very hectic. I, I see this because I come down before the Summerfest grounds open up, and, and this is like a little city. It, it just really is. And once the grounds close at night and, and everybody leaves, whenever everybody leaves, you know, 1230 or 1, what happens is you have an army of people that come in and they're, they're cleaning up the grounds and they're restocking all the things so they can be ready for the next day. And, and it's really, it's just a constant battle to keep up. And they do a great job of it. But by closing on the Monday, what they do is it's kind of like halftime or intermission or whatever. They give everybody a chance to take a deep breath. They give um, people a chance to get the grounds really clean. I was incredibly impressed as I was walking in today how clean the grounds were. And you can tell that that extra day to do it, as opposed to just having a few hours, that makes a difference. In addition, from the perspective of the vendors, it gives them a time to restock and, and just everybody get a chance to take a deep breath. And, and you really see, at least in my opinions, the benefits of that when you come in on a Tuesday. So I, I think taking that day off is just a, was a brilliant decision. It was controversial back when they first did it in 2010 because it happened to be not only were they closing on a Monday, but that Monday happened to fall on the 4th of July, and some people interpreted that as being anti-patriotic or whatever. No, it was just it, it's just a business decision they made saying for a variety of reasons we want to close on Monday. And, and it, to me it makes a lot of sense, and you can really see it when you're down here on the ground. So Summerfest open again. Good news, smart decision, I think, to close on Monday. Another piece of good news is an announcement that came out, I guess, yesterday that uh, the fireworks. Now, if you will remember, the July 3rd fireworks, which are a very, very big deal around here. For years and years and years, U.S. Bank was the sponsor, and U.S. Bank decided after last year that they were going to spon- were not going to sponsor them anymore. And, and it's expensive to put these on, and, and I get why U.S. Bank did it. U.S. Bank no longer has, you know, it, it's no longer headquartered in Milwaukee. It, it's out of Minneapolis. The people that run U.S. Bank, you know, really, they, they don't have significant ties to Milwaukee or anything like that. And I think they just made the economic decision that they weren't getting enough, no pun intended, bang for their buck by continuing to sponsor the fireworks. So they pulled out. And there was a very, very real chance, if you recall, that the fireworks were not going to go off. Well, what happened is the brewers... American Family Insurance, which has a much larger presence in Milwaukee now than they used to, uh, T&M Partners, and that's a, it's a, it's an investment management firm. It's it's actually run by my, my friend and acquaintance Ted Kellner and um, and Brewer Star Christian Yelich. They all stepped forward 
And they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fund the 3rd of July fireworks this year. And, and they were the heroes because otherwise all this activity that's going on up to the lakefront a little bit to the north of me, it wouldn't have been happening. And I understand that there's some events that kind of run their course, maybe the circus parade a number of years ago, but I don't think any of us are ready to give up the 3rd of July fireworks at the lakefront. Well, anyhow, the good news today is that that same group, the same groups, American Family Insurance, the Brewers, Ted Kellner, TNM Partners, and Christian Yelich, they have all agreed to a one-year extension to support the fireworks next year. Next year as well. Now, again, I don't, I, I don't know what the long-term future is going to be, because right now this is a year-by-year thing, and I think it has to be assessed. But for everybody who's planning to come down and camp out and is getting ready to enjoy what will be a spectacular evening at the lakefront tomorrow, you have to understand that this was in significant jeopardy. And were it not for TNM Partners and the Brewers and American Family Insurance and Christian Yelich, were it not for them stepping up, this wouldn't happen this year. And now, at least in the short run, the pressure for next year is off, too, because the same entities have said, hey, we're going to step forward and continue this wonderful Milwaukee tradition. And to that, we owe them all a very big thank you. All right. When we come back in the next hour, how soon is too soon? Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, here's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So very glad to have you with us. It, oh, the sun has just come out again. It was a little bit overcast during the break. Um, actually, Summerfest CEO, friend of mine, Don Smiley, stopped by and his question to me was, is it going to rain? He said, you're in charge of like good weather. I said, uh, I don't know if we can guarantee that. Um, but they have a, just an absolute dynamite, dynamite lineup for today. And even though the forecast, to the extent you can believe it, I mean, the forecast says, well, I mean, some scattered thunderstorms are supposed to be out of the area by, what are they saying, the middle of the evening. And again, you shouldn't let this stop you from coming down, especially right now. It is just absolutely beautiful at Summerfest. Dynamite music lineup. I know we're going to start. Uh, I'm going to, after I get off the air, I'm going to go back home, pick up my wife, and then we're going to hook up with some friends. We're coming down for the Lionel Richie show, so I, I'm going to like that quite a bit. All right. Now, here, here's the deal. The fireworks show on the 3rd of July starts about 9.30 tomorrow night. Um, what's happening is people are already starting to reserve some of their spaces. As a matter of fact, a number of folks make this a tradition every year. They set up at a particular area. They reserve the area. They stay with it. Some people camp, actually, so they're in a spot to watch their particular fireworks. All over the area, things like this are going on. For example, I sent this out on Twitter. If you follow me, at Jeff Wagner 620 My stepdaughter... It has been in my wife's family. It is a tradition. July 3rd, you spend at the Menominee Falls Parade. It's a parade, and then there's a fireworks show afterwards. And the way they do it is, right now, my stepdaughter, who's a cardiac nurse, she and some of her friends are sitting out 
in this kind of like parking lot sidewalk area in Menominee Falls, and they are holding their space. And what apparently Menominee Falls allows people to do is starting like around 7 or 7.30 at night, you can kind of stake out space and kind of reserve it. But if you want to hold it before that, yet you have you can't do that till 7. So she and a number of her friends are, are out there with the area that they like to be. And matter of fact, I've got a picture of that up on Twitter at Jeff Wagner 620. But apparently all up and down the street, there's other people who are, are doing the same thing. And they're staying with they're staying with their stuff. And apparently, again, the rules are starting at 7.30, you can, you can kind of block off your own area. They'll let you do it, but not before that, if you want to reserve that area. So that's why everybody's there today, and they will be staying there. Similarly, you've got a number of people at Veterans Park that are starting to stake out that space. And I know that there's people who are starting to stake out spaces already in anticipation of either the 3rd of July fireworks or areas on the 4th of July or for the parades. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Here is my question for you, and all the communities have a different approach to this. But my question is, when should you be able to start staking out space? And should you have to stay with that space? Like I say, my stepdaughter, she and her friends, they're there. So, I mean, it's not like they rolled out two days ago, put up police tape or something in a little bit of an area. They are actually there with their space. I remember there was a time back when you know the circus parade was in vogue that you would have people, and this I used to work downtown, the old federal building, 517 East Wisconsin Avenue, and you would have people, if the circus parade was on a Sunday, they would show up on Tuesday, the Tuesday before the Sunday, and what they would do is they would take like a ratty old lawn chair and a bicycle lock, and they would lock it around a street lamp, and they would say, okay, this should hold my place um, until next Sunday. And then they'd be surprised when they came back next Sunday, and and it didn't work out that way. You also had situations where you had, um, it was one year when the Milwaukee police chief, Arthur Jones, and Arthur Jones and I didn't agree about anything, but one year he ordered all the guys, all the police officers, to go up and down Wisconsin Avenue and essentially remove all the junk and, boy, did that create a whole bunch of controversy. But like I say, I didn't agree with Arthur Jones about much of anything. But I thought he was exactly right because, candidly, you know, you look at Wisconsin Avenue for a few days before, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday before a Sunday parade, and it looked like, I don't know, a hurricane had hit a Walmart or something. There was just crap all over. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line when should people be able to start reserving the space for events? And should you have to stay with it? 414-799-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think, I think a day before is just about right. 414-799-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And what is your tradition? How long do you do this? And, you know, are you willing to stay with your stuff? 414-799-1620, we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Oh, 
So very glad to have you with us. Summerfest 2019 underway. That is, of course, Lionel Richie performing tonight at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. All right. Big event down here tomorrow night, the fireworks. People are already starting to set up their tents and reserve space. How soon is too soon for people who are doing it today? Is that too soon? My answer would be no. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Dave in West Dallas. Dave, you're first. Hello. Howdy. Uh, every year those events, of course. But my thought would be uh, begin on Wednesday. Of course, the sooner you start, the more it would cost. But start with the premise of having a fee to reserve your area. Again, depending on what size and how many people you have, you know, are you going to need bleachers or two people or ten? People? Oh yeah, sure. It's, you know, it's debatable, but but the idea at the end of the event, if you clean up, you get a portion of your fee returned, with the understanding that during the time you have the area reserved, you maintain it, you keep it clean, and it's clean when you leave. That will take pressure off city resources, and of course, that will maintain your ability to have a good time too, as well. And that could also include things like, say, a metro, maybe an extra uh, trash deposit can, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But if you charge a fee for it, you're going to have to start out, obviously, with responsible people, and if they take care of it, they can have a good time and possibly get some of their money back. Yeah, well, thanks for calling, Dave. And actually, I mean, see, I don't, I, I mean, it, for example, in a county park, I don't have a problem with saying that you, you should have a permit if you want to, for example, set out the day before. I, I think that's a reasonable thing. Um, on city streets or in community streets or whatever, it, it's maybe a different sort of situation. Uh, let's see. Jeff, agree. Day before is fine. Out in Stonebank, people have had areas roped off since at least last Friday and maybe before. Uh, the parade is not until the 4th. When I see, I, I, I don't mean to be a spoil sport, and I'm, believe me, I'm not this, hey, kids, get off my lawn, but I, I think that that's, I think that that's, too soon. I think the day, the morning of, or the night before, like I say, what they do in Menominee Falls is they do it starting at 7 o'clock, then you can kind of rope this stuff off for your group. I think that is a reasonable time. You know, but before that, if you want to reserve some space, you got to be there. you you got to stay with the, the stuff. This idea that you can go out on a Monday for an event that's going to be on Friday, and you can take up police tape, and you can block it off, I, I think on a lot of reasons, first of all, I think that becomes a hazard. Secondly, I think it looks terrible. Third, I, I just think it ends up being too soon to do that. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to... M- Let's talk to Mike. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Uh, and Mike and Oshkosh. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Mike. Um, I got I'm distracted. Glad. Lady just walked by and said, I love you. So I, <laughs> I got distracted. Hi, Mike and Oshkosh. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going now. Um, yeah, we, I'm one of the shooters for uh, our, our display in Fifth, which is just west of Oshkosh. And uh, okay. we get like twenty to 30,000 people come into the show. And but they're starting to set up this morning already. We're just going out now to start setting up our mortars and everything else. Uh, but but it uh, they stake their claim starting this morning already. So they got the, the yeah. caution tape out around their spot. And, 
you know, it's a, it's a big deal in Fisk. Right. Now, do you think that's too soon by doing it this morning? Oh, no. Oh, no. They have no, I... to do it. Yeah, it, it's fun. You know, it's a, it's a, a big deal, and, and I don't think that's too early. Not at all. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I mean, thanks, <clears throat> thanks for the call, Mike. I agree. See, I, I, I think that that's a, I think that that's a reasonable thing. I think you know, the the day before, you know, and in, in this case, like I say, in Menominee Falls, where I'm going to be tomorrow night, it, it, it's it's really like 24 hours before. Starting this evening, you you can start staking out the space, but otherwise, <clears throat> if you want to reserve it, you have to have people there, which is why, you know, people are there. Let's see, Harry and Waukesha says 24 hours ahead, you, and and you. Must stay, otherwise it's it's littering. Well, again, I think you have to figure out where the balance of that is. And I don't necessarily think people should have to stay with the stuff overnight if they don't want to. But at the same time, I don't think you can just three days beforehand, like I say, take a bicycle chain and chain a, a crummy little plastic chair to a street corner and say... You know, I, I think so. Um, okay, here. Jeff, I think the people that take up those large plots of lands in Veterans Park should not be able to do it until after midnight today. And if you're going to claim that much space, someone needs to stay with your claimed area. Thanks. Now, see, that raises a different sort of issue, which is how much space should any one person be able to claim? Because, I mean, I understand, you know, what you see sometimes, you see people that come in, and they come in with that police tape, and they want to block off half a football field. Well, I, I don't think that that's reasonable either. To me, this shouldn't be rocket science. And if everybody just is a little bit respectful of everybody else, seems to me that, you know, you don't end up having a problem with this. Now, I understand that, you know, sometimes that's not the case and that people, you know, sometimes just get really stupid when it comes to that. But I think about the day before. So if people are doing this now, I think that's fine. I hope, 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 hope the Sheriff's Department's not going to be giving too much trouble to the people who are setting up in Veterans Park for those locations. It's... You know, it, it's just quite it's just quite an event. And this Menominee Falls Parade that I'm going to be attending, like I say, it's a it's a tradition in my, my wife's family, which means it's a tradition in my family now. I have somebody text, our dentist's office is actually closing early tomorrow because they are on the Menominee Falls Parade route. Yeah, it's it's quite quite an event. There's no question about it. But you've got lots of wonderful events. Um, let's see, another text. I think staking out space shouldn't happen until the day of the event at sunrise and then requiring someone to stay near the site would be ideal so the chairs, tents, etc. aren't a public nuisance. And again, that's that's a va- it depends quite candidly in some respects on, on where the parade route is. Downtown Cedarburg, where the parade route runs in front of all these different businesses, yeah, you don't want people hanging out for two days beforehand because you can't get into the businesses. Other routes where, okay, it, there, there's not really businesses that they're going in front of, that's kind of a different dynamic. But the bottom line of all this is whether you're going to the Menominee Falls Parade or the Whitefish Bay Parade on the 4th or the fireworks at the lakefront on the 3rd or your local fireworks on the 4th, Bottom line is, have a good time, enjoy yourself, clean up after yourselves, and for goodness sakes, just kind of be respectful to the people that you're around. And if we all do that, the world will, in fact, be a better place. That's my kumbaya moment for the day. You heard it here. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
This is the aforementioned Michael McDonald performing at the, he's opening for Lionel Richie at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater this evening at Summerfest. The show starts at 7.30 in the afternoon. Okay, um, our broadcast today is brought to you by our friends at Century Foods. Today is Children's Fest Day at Summerfest. If you get here before 3 o'clock, so you've got another hour and a half, you get in free for a day full of Children's Fest activities. That is courtesy of Century Foods. Okay, story in the paper. Illinois. Earlier this week, you know, Illinois is just a complete and total train wreck on many, many levels. And one of the things that they did, new legislature, Democrat governor, they just imposed all sorts of massive tax increases. We've talked about that. Uh, gas tax doubled in Illinois. They raised the pack, uh, the tax on a pack of cigarettes by a dollar. It's just been all sorts of stuff like that. So these new rules and laws went into effect um, on Monday. One of the things that also went into effect was that beginning on Monday, Illinois became a hands-free state. And you should be aware of this if, for example, you're driving down to Chicago or something over the weekend. What that means is that you can get a ticket for texting, calling, navigating, anything that involves holding a cell phone, a tablet, or a laptop. All right, first offense, 75 bucks, $100 for a second offense, $125 for a third offense, and 150 for any more. Three violations in a year, you could lose your driver's license. Minnesota has a similar law coming on August 1st. Drivers seen with an electronic device in their hand get a $50 ticket for the first offense, $275 for subsequent offense. When Minnesota's ban kicks in, it will be the 19th state to implement a handheld device ban. So it is forcing you to go hands-free. Now, th- this this isn't, understand what we're talking about, this isn't a, a no texting and driving rule. You can't text and drive. But this is no using your cell phone, no answering your cell phone, no talking on your cell phone unless it is hands-free. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. I understand I am going where angels fear to tread. I think this is going too far. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. I appreciate that there's a lot of distracted driving that goes on. I, I get all that. I, I, I do. And I appreciate that part of it, and a large part of it, is because people are looking at their cell phones and they're texting while they're driving. I have no problems at all with the rules that say that you can't text and drive. Where I start to call things into question is the idea that you can't hold up your cell phone and talk into it while you're driving. Because, yes, is the potential for that to be distracting? Yeah, I I get it. But where are we going to draw the line? Does that then mean that you're not going to be able to eat fast food in the front of your car? And what about kids that are fighting in the back seat of the car? Is that distracted driving? Where do you draw the line? I have no problems with the no texting rules. That just makes sense. No talking on the cell phone? What do you think? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Steve in Eagle. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. I support that law 100%. I've 
seen so many cases of people driving down the road with their phone up to their ear, not paying attention to what they're doing, crossing the center line. Uh, I'm talking on a cell phone while I'm driving right now, and I have a wired headset that I'm using. Not that difficult mm-hmm. to do that and to dial by actually speaking into the phone. Why? Why? Why does it make any difference? As if somebody is driving recklessly, not paying attention, crossing the center line, like you're talking about, why do we single out the, the phones? I mean, should we make it illegal to put on makeup or to drink coffee or to eat hamburgers? I mean, isn't it just isn't this distracted driving, regardless of what the cause is? Well, I think that there are laws for distracted driving that are out there right now, yeah. and and those laws can be applied. But I think you need to take it to the next level with cell phones just because for some reason, I've noticed this, it's not a matter of drinking coffee when you're driving down the road. It's for some reason with cell phones, it's it's just different. People just do not pay attention to what they're doing, and I've seen it countless times. Got it. Okay, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. 414-799-1620. And in fairness, this... You know, we, when we've talked about this in the past, some people have been in favor of banning conversations on cell phones entirely. Now, I, I, I can't tell you how much I oppose that. The idea being, even if you're doing hands-free, you're too distracted because you can't concentrate on, on, on what you're doing. I, I mean, look, the reality is lots of people do business in their cars. That's just that's just the fact of the matter. You're driving around. You're using that, that we used to, what used to be dead time, you know, driving from one appointment to another to, to do different things. And honestly, I've always thought that it's unfair to single out phone conversations um, as, as being particularly distracting, because I know that there's people, maybe even right now, that are screaming at the radio, I can't believe that Wagner guy is just saying that, or, or, or whatever. So, you know, where do you end up drawing the line? Do you remove radios from cars? Where do you draw the line? 414-799-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. I guess I go back to this notion of, to me, distracted driving is distracted driving. And if in the example that, that our first caller j- just gave, and, and you see somebody that's weaving over the lanes and they blow through the stop sign or whatever, and we all see it. I don't care why it is that they did it. I want them to get pulled over for distracted driving or whatever. I don't care what it was that distracted them. But the truth of the matter is I think that there's a lot of people who can multitask and can talk, not text, but talk on a cell phone at the same time they're paying attention to the road. 414-799-1620, Peter in Milwaukee. Peter on WTMJ. Hi, how are you doing today? Real well, thank you. Okay, should we have a law making us go hands-free? Uh, no, I don't think so, because uh, right now I'm actually I'm a professional uh, delivery driver, and actually I have to use my phone a lot while I'm driving. And um, I'm actually, and there's no text involved, it's just calls. So, right. and, you know, now it's a smartphone. You can just say, you know, call such and such, right? You know, and it does it for you. Right. So, uh, how I don't understand how, how many, you know, they can I'm sorry, Peter, you're... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, Peter. Your cell phone, your cell phone was cutting out. Interestingly, look. I mean, I guess I, I think my note said what you wanted to talk about is how is it different, 
you know, talking on the telephone versus, you know, having a conversation with somebody that, that's in the front seat and, and maybe a little different. But, yeah, you're, you're still you're talking to somebody. You're paying attention to them. I mean, I, again, I, I stand by this. One of the most distracting things in the world is, you know, driving and you've got your two kids, the two teenage kids or the two, you know, almost teenage kids that are fighting in the back seat of the car. I mean, how, how do you resolve all that type of stuff? And don't get me wrong. This is in no way, shape or form an endorsement for distracted driving. I understand exactly what the concern is. I see what happens there. I see the reckless driving as well. And, and I frankly, I mean, if if police see somebody weaving, I wish there was more traffic enforcement. That And again, I, if, if you blow through the stop sign, I don't care whether it's because you're focusing on the radio or you're looking down to see, you know, did I get the last French fry out of the bag or because you're on the cell phone. I don't care what it is. I mean, I want you cited for that. But do we need to ban that conduct? Now, having said that, for example, you know, we're, we're split in my family. My wife uses hands-free all the time. She's on the phone all the time, but she uses hands-free all the time. And it's it, it, she she's comfortable with it. You know, we've got a newer car. There's no problem with the, the sound system. She... I. I you know, you have it comes in clear when you have the conversation. It works for her, and I would never, ever, ever suggest that you know you, you shouldn't have to do it in that way. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to Jim in Illinois, where this is now the law. Hi, Jim. You're on WTMJ. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm sure. actually hands free in Illinois right now. Okay. And, uh, so you're not going to get one of those tickets. No. No way. Yeah. It's really expensive, but uh, like everything else here in Illinois. But uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to say I, I completely agree. I think that uh, distracted driving is distracted driving regardless of what the distraction is. Uh, there are a million different distractions in a car, and uh, people can be equally distracted by any of them. It just depends upon how focused they are and what kind of routines they might have to uh, keep from getting distracted. And uh, right, I think it's right. an, education, an education thing. Uh, drivers could be trained how to effectively use a cell phone, for instance, in a car, even a handheld uh, device. Uh, that kind of training would be possible. But uh, nonetheless, I think that, uh, like I said, I don't think you need a separate law necessarily. Distracted driving is distracted driving. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I, I see. I, I'm, I'm with you because I think you can make an argument that even with hands-free. Matter of fact, there were some people who tried to do that a few years ago, saying that the act of talking on a telephone, in and of itself, was so distracting that you couldn't, you couldn't possibly multitask. You couldn't talk on a tel- telephone, hands-free or otherwise, and still drive. And, and I, I just, I sort of rejected that as not being practical. Now, maybe there's some people that that. You know, their attention spans are such that they, they couldn't do that. And and for those people, well, maybe they need to learn that, you know, regardless of whether it's hands-free or not, they shouldn't be, you know, on the phone. I, I get all that, and I don't under, I don't argue with it, but there are a lot of us, can I see a show of hands, who've been driving, talking on cell phones, not texting. Texting is a different story, but driving and talking on cell phones for 
since there have essentially been cell phones and we haven't had accidents, we've been able to do it. And I don't necessarily think it's just but for the grace of God. So to, to me, I, I think this goes too far. If people want to move in this direction, I think it, it's fine. I think, you know, I, I understand being hands-free probably does make you a little bit safer, but I'm not sure that the, the safety that they're going to gain by going hands-free is really going to be that much. I think the larger question is, do you get rid of cell phone and conversations in the car entirely? And I just don't think we're at that point yet. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. It's Tuesday, pushing 2 o'clock. That's Michael McDonald. He's at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. This is, of course, uh, the, the, the second half of Summerfest. Actually, it's, 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 it's hump day, 11-day festival, five days, then they take a day off. Today is the sixth day of Summerfest. Then we got five days more coming up. It's been just a wonderful Summerfest so far, far largely. The weather has been pretty good. I understand that there was some rain that moved through uh, one day last week, but in, but in general, What's happened is, even though it might have rained from time to time, the rain's been short and people were able to enjoy it. Huh. One of my colleagues, one of my colleagues just learned the lesson of the reply all story. You know, the, the whole factor that, you know, you send these things out, and, and this is actually, it's always one of my nightmares on this, that you get one of these blast emails asking or informing everybody and asking for replies, and instead of just replying to the person, you hit reply all, so everybody in the company gets the reply. Huh. Um, one of my colleagues just went down that route. I won't name names, but his initials are Steve Scafidi. They sent us a note saying, all right, uh, let's see, we're in the process of ordering shirts for the team. Well, that's cool. Please let me know what size you'd need. That would be our team administrator who sends them out. What size are you? So if you want to know what size shirt Steve Scafidi wears, all of us at WTMJ now know because he decided to hit reply all on that. His response is, since I reply all, instead of a what the size he gave was, he said, make it a men's medium instead. I'm feeling slimmer today. No, Steve, go with comfort. No doubt about that. I never thought, Gru, who's back at the studio producing the show, I never thought I would be mentioning the name Taylor Swift on my particular program, but I am. Taylor Swift in the news. Here's the deal. Taylor Swift is upset that her former manager has bought, purchased essentially the the master recordings for her first six albums. Here's the way it works. It's actually kind of interesting the way the music business works. What happens is if you as a performer sign with a record label, as a general rule, what happens is the, the label sends you into the studio and they pay for all the production that's associated with the album that you are working on. Okay, so that's that's the deal. What happens, so you produce the album. The artist, the artist gets an upfront payment and the artist gets royalties from future sales. And the record label, then they pay the production cost of the album and they they own the master recordings. So they own the album. 
and essentially like the rights to the album. They don't own the songs, but they own the, the master recordings. So if they want to re-release the album or something down the line, they own it. And that was the deal with, with Taylor Swift. She got paid and she gets royalties, but she didn't own the master recordings. So what happened was the the record label that that had the ownership of the master recordings. It's this, it's this company called Big Machine. What they did is they sold the rights. They sold the master recordings to her former manager, a guy named Scooter Braun, and she doesn't like Scooter Braun, and she's all upset with this, and she's gone public about how she's being screwed over and all these different types of things. Well, I mean, look, here, here's the bottom line of, of all this, and I, I was... I was trying to figure out, does she have a legitimate beef? And the answer is, well, no, she really doesn't have a legitimate beef. I mean, the the deal in the industry right now is in order to get a record made. Now, some artists might have a little bit more leverage, but typically you're starting out, you just want to get your record out there. The, The deal is the record company produces the album, they market the album, they pay you an upfront lump sum, and then you get paid royalties. But you don't own the album anymore. Now, you might think that's unfair, but it's just the reality. Well, you don't own it. And if you don't own it and the record company decides that they want to sell those rights to somebody else, it doesn't matter who that somebody else is. You don't own it. It's kind of like, well, I don't know. You know, Chris Abley buys that mansion in Shorewood. The people that he bought it from say, well, we, we would never have sold it to him if we knew he was going to tear it down. Well, okay, you didn't ask. It's not like he lied to you. He owns that now. He can do what he wants with that house, and he wants to tear it down. Similarly, all right, Taylor Swift doesn't own the rights to her albums. The people that do sell them. Taylor Swift, well, it's kind of like, sorry, ma'am, life is tough. Get a helmet. All right, a lot of stuff coming up in the third hour of the show, including, gee, Tony Evers isn't releasing people from prison fast enough. At least some people think that. We will discuss. Don't go anywhere. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, live from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone on the Summerfest grounds, here's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. And we are brought to you today by our friends at Century Foods. Today is Children's Fest Day at Summerfest. If you arrive between noon and 3, which means you have a little less than an hour, you get in free for a day full of Children's Fest activities courtesy of Century Foods. So don't forget that. And also, if you're down here, don't forget about the Summerfest Big Shot Contest presented by Gruber Law Offices every day, 345 at the Gruber Law Offices Sports Zone. The first 10 people to register will have a chance at a half-court shot. First person to make it receives a Summerfest prize package, including two front-row wristbands for the Uline headliner that evening, a $75 Summerfest gift card, and a Gruber swag bag. How cool is that? Matter of fact, speaking of cool, I I love being on the road. I love being here at Summerfest. Um, Later on, at the end of the month and then the first two weeks in August, we will be back out at the Wisconsin State Fair broadcasting live from what we call the Fishbowl, the big glass broadcast facility. And if you're planning to come out to State Fair, make sure you stop by the uh, WTMJ broadcast facility. I try to come out. 
almost every break or every break drives my producer nuts because he'll be going, Jeff, where are you, Jeff? And, and say hi because I, I love the opportunity to interact. Just ran into a couple who's going to be going on our river cruise that we've got coming up. It starts in Amsterdam and ends up down in Switzerland. Uh, they're going to be going on. I don't I don't think we had met before, but got a chance to meet them. They're going on the river cruise in September. Matter of fact, um, that, that cruise is sold out, but I think there, there might be one more coming up, and we might be ready to roll that out relatively in the relatively near future. So if you didn't get a chance to go on our river cruise last year on the Danube and you didn't get a chance to go this year on the Rhine, um, I think our friends at Fox World Travel have a really special one lined up. And like I say, I hope to be able to announce that in the very near future. All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, Tony Evers does not appear to be able to deliver on a campaign promise he made. And you know what? I think it's good because it was, in my opinion, a ridiculous and dangerous campaign promise. You may remember during the course of the campaign, um, Tony Evers was, along with a number of the other candidates, this was in a Democratic gubernatorial debate, he was asked whether he supported a proposal by activists to cut the state prison population in half. His response was, absolutely. And he went on to say that his goal would be to cut the state population in half. Uh, This is state prison population by 2021. All right, now, so let me, let me put this in perspective. Right now, give me the numbers here. There are uh, approximately about 23,000 men and women, 23,700 men and women in state prisons right now. Actually, prisons are over capacity. The capacity is around 18,000. All right? So you've got, let's round up, let's say 24,000 men and women in prison. Evers would like to, over the course of the next two years, reduce the population from 24,000 to 12,000. So what does this mean as a practical matter? Well, number one, it means taking a lot of people who are in prison right now and turning them loose either on the streets or on the streets under some form of supervision. And for those of you who don't have a problem with that, Let us remember that the guy who murdered the police officer in Racine, let us remember that he was on supervision. He was out of a federal prison four days. And boy, that supervision really stopped him from getting a gun, getting a mask, walking into a bar, holding it up, and murdering a police officer in cold blood. So Evers, number one, wants to take 12,000 of the 24,000 people approximately and, and get them out on the street. What else does that mean? It also means, because keep in mind, you have people coming through the criminal justice system all the time, right? And there's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff that, well, they should be in prison for, like murdering police officers. Well, if you're going to reduce the prison population by half over the course of the next couple years, what that means is, again, you, you have to... Take a lot of people that are in prison now and put them on the streets. It also means you have to dramatically reduce the number of people who have committed crimes or convicted of crimes and are should be put in prison again. Because 
it's it's not a zero sum game. You got people going into prison all the time. So let's say over the next couple of years you have four or five thousand more people that get sentenced to prison for committing crimes. Well that means there's more people in prison now that you have to end up releasing. Now Evers is under pressure from a number of liberal activists to release people, take people out of jail. Let's use alternatives to incarceration. Let's increase the amount of paroles that we give to people. Let's look at alternatives like clemency and things like that. Let's empty some of these prisons. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have to tell you, there, there couldn't be anything I feel more strongly about. The reality is, in Wisconsin today, the people that are in prison belong in prison. You have to work to get yourself sent to prison nowadays. Because nowadays, you have judges, you have prosecutors, you have defense attorneys, you have a justice system that bends over backwards, trying to avoid finding ways to incarcerate people. So the people that are in prison, as a general rule right now, fit into two categories. And sometimes the categories overlap. Category number one is people who have done really terrible things and need to be taken off the street. People who walk into bars, hold them up at gunpoint, and shoot an off-duty police officer. I mean, so they've done terrible things, crimes of violence. They deserve to, they need to be in prison to protect people and to punish themselves. The second group of people that go to prison are people who, as a general rule, are the career criminals. They're the people who have been through the system over and over again. They've been placed on probation. They've been placed on double secret probation. They've been placed on triple probation. They've been given chance after chance after chance, and they continue to commit crimes. So at some point in time, again, to protect society from everyone else, you have to do it. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, here's the fundamental question, and Evers is under pressure. I'm looking at some of the articles that are out there now. He is under pressure from people on the left, his folks, to dramatically reduce the Wisconsin prison population. I think that would be disastrous. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And, again, I don't know if not putting people in prison... I don't know. I, I don't know if it makes the rest of us safer. I, but I, I, do, I don't know if putting people in prison makes the rest of us safer. I do know not putting career criminals or dangerous people in prison, I know that doesn't make us safer. 414-799-1620. Is this a campaign pros, promise that Tony Evers should be paying attention to? My answer is not just no, but it's heck no. Katie in Burlington. Katie, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm wondering what kind of message this sends to people who already have a complete disregard for the law, that if you do commit a crime, we are going to do everything in our power to keep you out of prison, to keep you out of trouble, give you a chance to commit more crimes. I mean, how does that possibly help this Mm -hmm. state and the people who live in it? I mean, we have people who get out of federal prison and four days later put on a mask and get a gun, intending to rob, no regard for the life of anyone in that building. And then we're going to say, now we want you to do things like that. We're going to try even harder to keep you out of the system. I mean, the the message is so irresponsible, 
so well, well, it is. I mean, Katie, look at the look at the example of, of Milwaukee, where we for years we had the no chase policy. Did it stop people from running from the police? No, it emboldened people. And what you saw was more reckless driving. You saw drug dealers taking to their cars and then because they knew they wouldn't be chased. We rewarded bad behavior by not going after people. And I guess I see this as the same way. You know, people that belong in prison, we're going to say, oh, we're going to let you out early. I mean, give me a break. What no one wants to have a conversation about is the fact there are people, no rehabilitation has will work. Why? Because they do not want to be part of society. They don't want to abide by any rules. They don't care. And if you don't get right. those types of people locked away, so we have some chance at, at, at being able to walk the streets or enjoy a, a festival without worrying about getting shot at, then... then you're just egregiously blind to the reality of what some people in our state and in the world are like. Katie, thanks a lot for the call. I mean, see, and that's one of the big myths that's been perpetrated by, by some people over the last several years is that the prisons are full of all these wonderful people who are just victims of society, and, and it's all these people that were, were caught smoking marijuana. Oh, all right, maybe you can find one or two. And I'm saying maybe, but that's the unicorn. It, it really is the unicorn. The overwhelming majority of those approximately 24,000 people that are in the Wisconsin prison system, the overwhelming majority, if you look at their criminal records, you will come to the conclusion that says, that says yeah, you, you bet that person absolutely Absolutely and totally deserves to be there. And the idea that you would release more than half of those, and like I say, because there's always going to be people coming into the system, you're probably talking about releasing maybe two-thirds of them over the course of the next couple of years. My God, the streets are already the Wild West. Do you really want to live in a community like that? We continue the conversation in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Liz Fair. Hey, Gru, you said playing at the Briggs and Stratton yeah, that's stage. Right. That's not what my program says. Is that tonight? You sure? I guess so. Hello? You sure? All right. I guess so. I, I'm just looking at the program. My program says first aid kit, but but I don't know. Somebody's going to be playing there, 945 this evening. All right, have a text here. Jeff, I'd like to know the number of people that are in jail for minor personal possession of marijuana. I would bet a large number of those people are the ones that should be released. Here's the bottom line. There's not a large number of people who are in state prison for personal possession of marijuana. My guess is there's probably nobody in state prison for minor personal possession of marijuana unless... Unless they were out on parole for something really, really serious and got caught doing a whole variety of things, and that was one of the bases for them being revoked. This, this is the myth that, oh, there, there's just these small-time potheads that are sitting in state prison. No, 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 no. Scott in Kenosha. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Jeff? Uh, Hi, Scott. I just wanted to kind of chime in on this. You know, somebody that was there, you know, I... Made some mistakes, never, never in trouble before. Made some mistakes, and I ended up in prison. Well, seeing it personally, first. How long ago? How, how, if I can ask, how long ago? 
I was about three and a half years ago I was there. Okay. So okay. Just from a first-hand account, you're correct. There's very, very, very few that deserve to be home or even have any interest in change. When you're yeah. there and you hear the stories and hear these people talk, their first priority is get out, get money any way possible. And it's, right. there's, there's no, I, I don't know, there's no reform in prison, I don't think. And I, like I said, yeah. I, I was there. I'm not making excuses for anybody or my, myself even. I deserve to be there for what I did. And just seeing it and listening to it, you know, you're going to let these people out. And like I said, it, it's just, it's going to happen one after another after another. It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because, you know, just what I experienced, that seems to be what's there is the career criminals. Let me ask you this, Scott. Did, did you think... It was unfair that you ended up for whatever. I'm not even going to ask you what you did, but do you think it was unfair that you got sent to prison for what you did? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I okay. deserve to be there. And as a matter of fact, I thought that I actually got a lighter sentence than what I should have, which I'm first. I'm not going to complain about. Yeah. But again, you know, right? I, I I just remember the feeling of walking around there, feeling because again, like I said, I've never been in any trouble prior to this. But I had this feeling walking around there, like, and what, not a conceited feeling, but that I was better than than being there, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and you obviously, unlike some people that are in prison, you... you you didn't like it, and you don't want to go back. I, unfortunately, right. I think there's some people that don't mind it, and that's one of the scary things, too. Yes, I've seen, just in my little time in jail and then in prison, the amount of people that get out and come right back is stacking. Right. Right, the recidivism rate. So, Scott, you oh. promise you're not, you're not doing anything to get yourself sent back behind bars, right? You know what? I'm working, and everything, as, as soon as I've been out, life is actually better than it was prior to going in. So I'm not, I, if, I, and I'll tell you, honestly, Jeff, if it hadn't been for that, I don't even know that I'd be here right now. Got it. So, Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, and good luck. You know, good luck moving forward. I, I that's, uh, you know, uh, look. And, and I know one of the things I said to Scott. I, it's, you got to understand. I, I come at this, former federal prosecutor, dealt with lots and lots of dangerous people, including lots of people who were recidiv- repeat offenders. And one of the things I found is that certainly not for everybody I prosecuted, but there were. There, there were large subsets of the people that I prosecuted. They, they, they didn't mind going to prison. Prison, I mean, you know, it, whether it was people who were associated with gangs or whatever, prison was just it was just another form of, of life, you know. And, and and they had their buddies that were there. And in, in some respects, there's there's like a there's a lack of responsibility. You don't have to work. You got three meals a day. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that people you know want to go to prison, but I'm saying that there's a certain segment of our society for which prison is going to prison is a deterrent. Hey, you've got, okay, this is the hour we get out to exercise. This is the, you know, this is the time that we have our meals. This is the stuff we do. You know, I work at the laundry or whatever. There is this routine that some people, I I don't know, don't mind the fact that they're, I I know that sounds ridiculous, but that is the reality that's out there. Bottom line of all this is, and I appreciate Scott's call, for anybody who is bought into this myth that, oh, it's just so terrible that we have all these people that are in prison and, and we want to empty the jails and let half of them out, 
That's crazy dangerous. And if you want to talk about something that is incredibly irresponsible, give in to the forces on the left who are saying, oh, let's not start warehousing people. No, the bottom line is the truth is given the crime rates in the state, we really need to be putting more people in prison. Maybe you can figure out ways to do it for shorter times. Maybe you can figure out ways to try to rehabilitate people. I'm not against it, but you need to take dangerous people, keep them off the streets to protect the rest of us. And if Evers loses sight of that, well, it'll guarantee he's going to be a one-term governor. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Are you Okay, we, we, we have an ongoing debate down here because those of us on the grounds at Summerfest who have the brochures tell us that 9.45 this evening at the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard, there's a band called First Aid Kit that's playing. Now, July 2nd of 2018, Liz Fair played 9.45 at the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard. My producer back in the studio, Griggs, uh, crew is saying, no, 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 she is there tonight. We are going to sort this out over over the break. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll work it out. But right now, while we solve the big question of the day, who's playing at 945 tonight? Okay, this is weird. Last, okay, the Summerfest program says at 945 tonight, a band called First Aid Kid is performing at the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard. My producer, Gru, was saying, oh, no, it's Liz Fair and playing tunes. Liz Fair performed 945 July 2nd, 2018 at the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard. I immediately assumed, because I have the program in my hand, and she was there a year ago, same night, that my producer, Gru, was wrong. Well, all right, I now stand corrected, because... The program is wrong. Liz Fair is performing July 2nd this year as well. 9.45, same day as a year ago, and the program is wrong. So, Liz Fair, 9.45 tonight at the Briggs & Stratton Big Backyard. Everybody can now sleep well. We have solved that controversy. When we come back, Alpine Valley 2019. Stick around. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us, broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. This is uh, Friendship, playing this evening at the Miller Light Oasis there at 8 this evening. Okay, let's see. This is the kind of insightful analysis you get on this program. So we now established that Liz Fair playing at 945 tonight, uh, despite the fact that the program says it was a band called First Aid Kit. I'm sitting here wondering, well, what happened to First Aid Kit? Which, as it turns out, is a Swedish musical duo, like a folk duo, and apparently, I'm on their website, and apparently they canceled um, their tour because they say of some unforeseen medical circumstance, so obviously since the Summerfest program was printed, they canceled, and Liz Fair is back. All right. Check out Liz Fair playing tonight at the Briggs & Stratton backyard. All right. Um, Alpine Valley Music Theater. In 2017... It, it was closed. Uh, there, were, there were no acts at all. Um, they, they couldn't find acts to book. And the, the, candidly, the, the grounds had kind of fallen into certain disrepair. So the, the company that owned them, Live Nation, said, what we're going to do is we're going to take the year off. 
I admit that there were a number of us who were extremely skeptical about whether or not Alpine Valley would be back simply because, well, you know, it had been around forever. Grounds had kind of fallen into disrepair. And the number of acts that were out there that could fill a venue that size, there really weren't that many. And a lot of the ones that could fill a venue that size were playing at other places. They'd be playing at Miller Park. They'd be playing at Wrigley Field. They'd be playing at other places throughout the area, doing stadium shows. Paul McCartney, you know, playing at Lambeau Field. And and the question was, could Alpine Valley ever come back? Because typically, you know, if, if you look, there were a couple staples at Alpine Valley. There was Jimmy Buffett. I go to see him at Alpine Valley. You have, um, you know, the Dave Matthews Band. You have um, Zach Brown, you know, played. But Zach Brown started to play Summerfest. Well, anyhow, you know, nobody available in 2017. It it was dark, and that was on the 40th anniversary. Well, what happened? was not only did Alpine Valley not close down, but Alpine Valley, it's actually, it's making a comeback. This year, the facility has eight acts. I mean, eight acts that are out there, and then they say that there's another one that they they still might come back to. Now they've got staples, again, like Jimmy Buffett that are going to be there, but they've got a number of other shows as well, including some bands that haven't played there forever. Hootie and the Blowfish, for example, are going to, you know, be back. Um, that's, That's there. The Who is going to be playing in September. So, you know, Alpine Valley has managed to reinvent itself and find bands that are willing to perform. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Alpine Valley... I think has has good memories or has interesting memories for a lot of us. I mean, I can remember to going to the shows there, you know, in the late 1970s. Um, it's a different, it's an older venue. It's different than a lot of the places. It's a different experience than seeing a show at the Pfizer Forum and things like that. But they've been able to, again, sort of reinvent themselves, I guess. Like I say, this year they've got eight or nine shows, which is more than they've had in a long period of time. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A lot of us, myself included... We're willing to write the obituary for Alpine Valley. It now appears that that may, in fact, be premature. If you are a concert goer in this area, if you're somebody that likes to see some of these shows, all right, would you attend an event at Alpine Valley? Or is it still a venue that's kind of past its time? Is Alpine Valley going to be able to sustain a comeback? They certainly appear well on their way, at least this year. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, fans are detractors of Alpine Valley. We're at Summerfest 2019, but, you know, they've got a big lineup this summer. All right, is this going to be the wave of the future? Are they back? 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in a moment. We're broadcasting live from Summerfest 2019. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Capsize, 
This also is Friendship playing at the Miller Light Oasis down here at Summerfest 2019. A really good lineup of performers this evening. Um, come on down. Chaka Khan performing at the BMO Harris Pavilion. Um, Liz Fair performing at the Briggs & Stratton Big Backyard. Young the Giant at the Uline Warehouse. A Boogie with the Hoodie performing at the U.S. Cellular Connection stage. Might catch some of those shows, but uh, I'm and the Almond Betts Band, 10 o'clock at the Johnson Controls World Sound Stage. I'm going to be down here for the main stage act. It's probably the only main stage act that I'm going to see this this year. Lionel Richie with special guest Michael McDonald. He, of course, was the lead singer for the Doobie Brothers. Right now we're talking about Alpine Valley um, that, that was closed two years ago. And I think, honestly, for a lot of us, we've we thought that 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 was going to be it because Alpine Valley, relatively remote location, kind of hard to get to and, and even harder to get out of when you have a large crowd. You have a parking lot that is largely a field, which means if it rains, the field <clears throat> turns into mud. And you have an infrastructure that, you know, candidly, they didn't put a lot of money into over the years. But it's still a great place to see a show. But the question, I think, really had become given all the fact that there's not that many bands out there nowadays that can can fill a 35 or 40,000 seat arena that's just the kind of the reality of it the sweet spot appears to be like places like Summerfest and the American Family Amphitheater where you've got you know 25,000 which is still enormous and and the the handful of bands that can fill a venue that size well <clears throat> they're playing perhaps even larger venues Paul McCartney you know playing at at Lambeau Field for example Wrigley Field now allows concerts so you've got that that dynamic that's going on. So the issue becomes, you know, is there a spot for Alpine Valley, which has a great history, but is there a spot in in the area for that? And, you know, they're back, like I say, with a vengeance. Uh, Dave Matthews playing two nights, starting, uh, so the two nights would be uh, Friday and Saturday this week. Then you've got Fish, you know, the jam band coming in, and they're performing July 12th. July 13th and July 14th, so it's a weekend with with fish. Jimmy Buffett, July 20th, my brother has arranged a bus. We're taking a bus to Jimmy Buffett. Um, then Hootie and the Blowfish, and then the Who uh, performing in September, September 8th. So Alpine Valley has figured out a way to, to reinvent itself. <clears throat> I guess the, I, I, I want to give them a lot of credit. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to duplicate this year after year. I think that's going to be a significant question. But as somebody who loves to see acts and as somebody who just has really fond memories of Alpine Valley, I'm glad that they were able to at least find acts that they could book this year to bring people in. Now, after I go see the Jimmy Buffett show in July, I'll, I'll tell you what I think of the infrastructure and you know whether there's been improvements or things like that, because they are always competing against the newer venues. I mean, you look at what they're doing at the amphitheater here at Summerfest, and it, it's it's really exciting. And you know, Don Smiley, very, very upfront talking about this, They, you, you have to do it. I mean, it had been quite a while since they built the amphitheater. What they had to do is they had to raise the roof so that they could get a lot of the big acts in because now they, they tour with the giant screens and things like that. So you, you have to do that. You have to upgrade the amenities constantly, and that's one of the things you're seeing going on at Summerfest. Whether a place like Alpine Valley will continue to make the investment might be a little bit more problematic. But at least for the moment... 
um, the shows are back. So if you want to go out and see what all the fuss is about and what, uh, perhaps if you're a little bit younger, what your parents remember about Alpine Valley, this is the summer to go ahead and do it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, some things to wrap up the program, and then we will talk to the entire Wisconsin's afternoon news, noon, news, noon gang, who is all, they are all in place here, excited and ready to go as we broadcast from Summerfest 2019. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.